Welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast with myself, Roy Shanahan, and from thebigkickoff.com, it's Nathan Doyle. Now, tonight the first division title and playoff places were decided as the final round of games all kicked off at 7.45 and seven teams were still playing with a chance of promotion to the Premier Division. And Nathan, it didn't disappoint. No, we can all finally stop and take a breath after that. Uh, as you said, it was it was set up anyway to be an absolutely frantic finish to the to the, uh, to the title. Like Shamrock Rovers two, Athlone and Wexford, the only teams that didn't have had the play ball gone into it. And like uh, we always be seen as well, a draw of the United and Grey with two teams looking for the title. But you had an absolute scramble in the middle of the pack going for the playoffs, and a really different different point. Up until the last minute, we didn't know what way it was going to go in terms of the playoffs. Even though Drotter there towards like the, the, the last, the second half, he was pretty comfortable. But for the, in terms of the playoff, that was an absolute scramble. You had Cabin Teeley, then Galway uh, went 2-1 down, then all of a sudden they come back and it's two all. Cole Ramblers are still hanging on. It was an absolute crazy finish for the, for the fourth division. So what has been an absolute crazy fourth division season? Yeah, and as you predicted, Drotter United go up as champions. Yeah, uh, I predicted them to do it comfortably. It wasn't that comfortable in fairness. Uh, but yeah, look, obviously, Woody winners. Um, we all top way would have clinched the title after um, they, they were looking to be the most informed team coming towards the back end of the season. And you know yourself, that's usually the team that's, that's going to clinch the title. But they slipped up um, in their last game against Galway. So that was the real turning point in the season for everybody. And Look, even looking at the game tonight, Drotter, they were, were a bit cagey in the first half, but the sending off for Kevin Teedy really did change the season. And Galway, oh, sorry, excuse me, Drotter, really just calmed down a bit and got into the game slowly but surely. And by the end, it was, it was pretty comfortable for, for Drotter, well deserved over the course of the season. I watched the Galway United and UCD game, and it was a really good watch, I have to say, and some excellent goals. And there was a bit of drama in the final 10 minutes. Yes, I was. But like, even we're talking about UCD the past couple of weeks. Like, credit where, like, you look at the defensive record hasn't been the best this season, but Jesus, they'll always pop up and ban in a goal. Like, I think they're like, Maddie and Whelan with two. I think they're in the top two of the, the goal scorers this season. So that's what they always are going to win. And it was it was looking looking like it was going to be a UCD win at the um, at the end. Of, like you're saying, it was 2-1. Then the last gasp, um, Galway goal. And I was actually watching, like I was saying to you, I was watching the draw there and Kevin Healy game himself and um, the other guy on commentary. And I'm saying the guy is really, really good. But uh, the guy we get, the guy we got was that late. It didn't even get a mention on the, on the, uh, the commentary at the draw the game because it was constantly you know, keeping people afloat to what was going on in the different games. But um, obviously with Kevin Healy, had such a big interest in what was going on in the Galway match. So it was just all drama in a lot of different areas. And even now, like, like like recording this is the whistles pretty much just went in a lot of the games so they're still really keeping abreast of what happened and they're just trying to just sort of gather in your thoughts to the whole of proceedings and what really happened but it was uh, certainly a, a really exciting finish and Galway probably seemed a little bit unlucky not to make the playoffs since John Caulfield came in done an absolutely astounding job probably if he could just get one or two more weeks 
if you came with one or two weeks more like, earlier, you'd, you'd probably think you would have got into the playoffs a bit more comfortable. Yeah, I think if it was a full season, he definitely would have got them in the playoffs and anything could have happened because there seemed to be a bit of confidence about them. And fairness to the two teams, the two of them played nice football, albeit the teams, as you expect, they're in the first division. They're missing that type of player who can open things up. As you said, Whelan for for UCD looks a, a, a bright spark. He looks like he can do stuff. Uh, but the, the goals from Evan Weir, the free kick from Evan Weir was a beauty. And then... What was with the, in the 93rd minute, Shane Duggan, a uh, screamer, I think it was a left foot shot, screamer, uh, to, to hopefully try and take one back with maybe a minute to go, but it wasn't to be. And it was it was just a good game. And you're you're looking at Caulfield there and you're saying, you're hoping he sticks with them. You're hoping he, he really pushed them next year because you, you could see them being, but with a manager like him, you can see them getting promoted next year. Yeah, it certainly could. Um, I think at the start of the, when the, the football started back after COVID, we made a couple of predictions. And actually, I, I did say that I thought Galway would sneak in. And this was before Caulfield even took over. But if I was a Galway United fan, obviously our friend Jared uh, on the show was Galway. So with someone like Jared, I will be optimistic for next season. Obviously, a couple of eyebrows were raised when Caulfield took over in the first place. But it turned out to be a really inspiring uh, guy to get in. Look, we, we all know how... Uh, experienced uh, and talented Caulfield is. You still have Cork City fans saying they shouldn't have let him go, and it's, that's all. It's a testament to the man. So you've seen him with certain guys. I obviously mentioned uh, Mikey Place, or someone that I, I've seen struggle at the start of the season. But then when Caulfield came in, you've seen these players all of a sudden playing with new vigour and new confidence. So if they can transfer that over the next season, like it's, it's going to be another tight season next season by the lay of the land, the way that looks now. But you wouldn't count out Galway United at all with John Caulfield at the him. And you look at the game there tonight between Wexford and uh, Longford and it's a surprise Longford got 1-0 up Wexford win 2-1 how does that affect Longford now going into the playoffs? Did they dust themselves down straight away and forget about that or is there is there something to be worried about? I think there is something to be worried about isn't there? Like even in any sort of playoff game you always fancy a team that's coming into it with just just with momentum under the belt, whether that be here or England or whatever. Like sometimes you even see like the fifth place team go up because they could be the team that sneaks in at the last minute, could be the team that found themselves in a late one of form. So if you're looking at uh, at Longford, they've slipped up a couple of times recently. They've had uh, two or three results that haven't gone their way, and tonight was really surprising. Like Wexford have been the whipping boys of the of the whole league this season. So to see them, uh, these are Longford's uh, side, I have to say, and I'm surprised by them. Like, they were looking to see if they could push Drotter for the title for a good while, but to see them drop down and drop some silly points, really, in the past couple of weeks. It will be a matter of just, you'll have to obviously dust yourself off and get going because the playoffs are going to be coming thick and fast now. But if I'm looking at the four teams in the playoffs now, I have to say, I'm a better man, I'm not putting me money on Longford. Sure. Cove be a bit disappointed getting nil nil draw against Shamrock Rovers two tonight. They could have snuck yeah, over the line. Should. Yeah, they should now in fairness. Um and like I've been looking and you know Cove Cove have really actually done a lot of their best work away from home. They've got some great results against some of the big teams, some of the big teams up higher up on the table, the teams ahead of them, away from home. So Cove's always a tough place to go for a lot of people. You know, it's a long journey, it's a long distance, it's, it's a small, it's, it's no crowd, so it's not really much of a factor, but it is a small, tight, compact ground. So it's always going to be a tough place to go. And 
I you always had one eye on Cove, didn't you, throughout the season. Even though, he, probably even on the show, even myself, I, I've probably been wrong and not highlighting Cove as much as I probably should have. But throughout the course of the season, they've been picking up points against teams above them and they've really been rocking the boat. And I think they would have came into the game tonight looking at look, Shamrock too. No disrespect to them, but they've probably got one of the, the handier games, especially playing at home, out of the teams ahead of them. Like Galway and UCD was always going to be a tough game. But Bray and Athlone, you, you just don't know what you're going to get with Athlone at the moment. And Kevin Teeley, uh, I thought, especially in the second half, he would have put a bit more of a challenge to draw it again at home. So I think Cole would have went into these group of games probably the, probably one of the more optimistic teams uh, pushing into a player position, but they'd be disappointed by tonight. Bray, obviously, who won 1 0 tonight against Athlone. They will obviously be favourites to go up in this in, in the playoffs. Will they go up? Uh, I have a feeling that UCD uh, could sneak it. Yeah, I was just about to say it to you. Who would, who would be your show? Because I think I have to agree with you. If I'm looking at them four teams, UCD are my, are my team. Still go up. And it, it, I just think it comes down to their ability to score goals. I mentioned the two guys up top, mentioned Wheel and uh, and Maddie, but they also have uh, Liam Carroll and it pops up every now and again. With Jack Keane, he's a solid guy in the midfield. So they just seem to have a little bit about them um, with the group of players that they have there now, and they picked up some results over the course of the season, like some dominant wins. So if I am looking at the four, I would have to agree with you. I think UCD would be the one for me. UCD and yeah, Bray would be the two most dangerous, wouldn't they? Yeah, definitely, and and it'll be interesting to see how it comes out. It's just a, it's again, it's the firepower with UCD. They always score goals, so and there's quite been quite a few times this year where they've banged in yeah. ridiculous amounts of goals in games. So yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm just finding the hard. Yes, it's just that's what it is for me. It's just the goal scoring ability, and just finding the hard to really bet against them against anybody. Like I said, it's a, it's, they will concede goals, but the firepower they have gone forward, it's just really does make them hard, especially in these quick quick turn over against so you just find a hard bit against them yeah so congratulations to Drogheda back in the Premier Division next year and it'll be interesting to see how they get on now you wanted to talk about something I did and I thanks for the time for letting me slip this one in and you know the funny thing is we only finished up the show last week man and I came across it just as I finished in the typical as soon as we finished up wrapped up I just scrolled through Facebook as a month ago and I said oh Jesus look at this Soon as I finished, but um, we came across and Conor Bourne, in fairness, he, he was doing a, I know he was doing like a walk a while ago, uh, raising money for for charity, and he popped up again with this brilliant initiative. And uh, obviously, the former Saint Pat's player, he's um, he was on the uh, on the Saint Pat's podcast that you can get over on the Saint Pat's Patreon, and he has organised for over two hundred current and former League of Ireland managers and players as well as some ex-Oil internationals to make phone calls to anybody of any age group, anyone at all. You don't have to be a Pats fan. You don't have to be a League of Ireland fan. Just anyone at all that needs to have a chat, that can chat about anything. You can chat about football, you can chat about the weather, you can chat about your mental health, anything at all. And just look, Roy, as you know, a couple of we're into our second spell of a, of a, of a lockdown that we, look, we don't really want to be talking about here. We try and be ourselves. We try and be some sort of a release for people. But it's just a great initiative in this time where obviously a lot of people are struggling mentally and financially and just stressed and Christmas around the corner. So the worries are just grown for people. So it's a great initiative by Conan Bourne. 
And if anyone listening does want to uh, want to uh, get use of this initiative, they can contact Conan Bourne on Twitter. Or if you're not on Twitter, you can contact St. Patrick's Athletic. That could be St. Patrick's by their email address, the phone number, whatever. Just uh, look up on the St. Patrick's Athletic website and you get all the contact information. Because it really is a great initiative uh, for anybody that's feeling a little bit isolated. I just want to have a chat with anybody at all. And I will say, the guy that uh, that I know from going to the past games, I won't name him, but he's, he's living abroad and he screenshotted a, a, a message from the past legend, uh, Eddie Gormley. Just Eddie, obviously, he, he thinks you know, this, this guy's friends got in touch with Pat and told him that he was living abroad and he was planning to get home for Christmas, but that's not going to happen now. And uh, the club made sure Eddie Gormley got in touch with him. So apparently, if you had a nice chat and there's a nice little phone call, it's just, you know, it's things like that that can always clear you up a little bit and make someone say. So, we're paid a cone and bone. It's just a little initiative that we felt that. Uh, Needs to be loaded with everything going on. So, if any, again, if anybody wants to avail of that, you can contact Conan Bone on Twitter or you can contact them personally via their email address or phone number. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. And I, I'm absolutely certain that uh, they will get so many phone calls because there, there, there are a lot of people out there who, who are on their own and there are a lot of people who are out there who are on their own and you know, love their football, love their sports and, and they will take this chance to uh, to talk to former footballers and what have you. And it's just it's it's just brilliant. It is really great. So well done Conan on that one. Okay. Last Saturday Shamrock Rovers were confirmed as Airtricity League of Ireland Premier Division champions when Finn Harp secured a two 0 victory over Bohemians and in turn also relegated Cork City to the first division. Nathan, within the first three or four games of the season, Shamrock Rovers looked like potential champions and Cork City looked like potential relegation material. And that's exactly how it turned out. Yeah, look, it's that old uh, cliche of the league table doesn't lie. And I know we still have some games going, but the table hasn't lied at all. And I'm seeing people... Look, you can tell the tank of the pins it's solved and you can take it as a joke saying that it's half a title of a Shamrock Rovers or there's an asterisk beside it with a title. But for me, that's just absolute nonsense. Shamrock Rovers, like I'm a St. Pat's fan, and I can openly and happily admit that Shamrock Rovers have just been a joy to watch this season. They've been absolutely fantastic. You, you, you just you can't discredit this title. It doesn't matter if it was short in season or whatever's been going on. It's it's been a crazy season. It's been a tough season for a lot of people, but every week they've just been so consistent. Just some of the players that really have, we're always like Jack Bourne, and we're always going to talk about the talents of Jack Bourne. And it's just it's a pleasure to see a guy like that play in the league. But even for me, like probably the player, it's probably my personal player of the season has been Roberto Lopez. It's an absolute revelation at the back. It's just a whole host of players. Even some of the guys who've been on the bench, like Dylan Watts and uh, Reese Marshall. These are guys that could walk into pretty much any other team in the Premier Division. So to even suggest that it's a tainted title in any way is absolutely ridiculous. Like, I have to go off the Shamrock Rovers. It doesn't matter who you support. You just have to give credit where it's due when they justly deserve the title, haven't they? They really deserve it. 100%. Oh, you, you took, you've demolished my next question, which is who stood out for you in this Rovers team? Because there has been so many of them who have stood up to the plate when they were needed. Yeah, definitely. Looking at everyone in the uh, two guys, obviously Jack Bourne and Lopez, but that would be the only disservice to, to a lot of the other lads in the team. But he's just an absolutely fantastic. You have even a goalkeeper like Alan Manis 
who he was torn back and his eye oh, was over here and he's getting on now. He's been brilliant this season between the sticks. Someone like Ronan Finn has been playing in position for a lot of the season has come in, he's done a great job. Aaron Green has started the show, signs that he's um his finishing ability is improving, which that has always been a question of. Aaron like his, his ability is never in question, but it's just the finishing end of his game. Uh, that's it's always been lacking. So if the, if Shamrock Rovers can win, win more goals over him next season, it'll be an absolute force of nature. Because for me, that was the only thing that would let him down this season was obviously not the lack of goals. He can score on goals, but when you have that one striker on your team that you can rely on for 10, 15 goals a season, it just makes him that little bit more comfortable. And if they can bring somebody in next season, that would provide that, whether that be internally in the league or bring somebody in from Scotland or England, they will really, really be an absolute force uh, next season. And they are forced this season. Like they're still unbeaten. They're still going for the invincible season, for lack of a better term. And they're still going for the doubles with the, uh, the FA Cup quarterfinal with Van Hart coming up. So, really, fair play. Credit where it's due with the Champions League and the season badly. It's just been fantastic. Yeah, we, we talked about where they could possibly in the league. And Andre Wright is probably the only one that you can think of that may fit into that team up front. Yeah, yeah, that'd be the one for me. I think I said a couple of weeks ago, uh, Georgie Kelly, but unfortunately, that hasn't really um, hasn't really walked out from at the moment. I'm saying past it doesn't make him a bad player, but I think a lot of people have seen Kelly going to pass and talk. This is his moment to step up and to prove that he is an elite striker at this level. So yeah, for me, um, Andre Abohemian, he's been absolutely fantastic this season. He's been an it's just it's been his best season by far. He looks like a different guy that was compared to last season, like physically and mentally, and he just looks stronger. He just looks more confident in what he's doing. He just believes in everything that he's doing, and you know, it'd be a big loss for him if he was to go to the biggest rivals. But yeah, would would he fit in? Do you think he'd fit in into that side? Yeah, I think he would. I think um, you could still keep someone like Green because. Like, Oh yeah, any time I see green, uh, green play, I think he looks more natural out on the left-hand side rather than being a central striker. And when you look at uh, Andre Wright this season, he's, he's, he's a big guy, he's physically big, he's uh, plenty of taste, so he could be a, a dangerous person to stick up as a central striker. And that's probably the one hole in the team. Uh, for Sean McGrover's obviously you have a guy like Rory Gaffney struggling with injuries. That'd be, it was a shame I thought Gaffney could have came in and done the job. Now again, I'm not saying you can't do it next season. It sticks around. You never know. But I think bringing somebody in is the way to do it. And I think Andre Roy could be the way to do it for me. I think he's spotting that thing absolutely seamlessly. Bohemian fans won't thank us at all for talking about that. But oh, and, he, and, and, it, and especially with the, with the especially with the word that uh, Danny Mandrew was on his way to Shamrock Rovers too. So yeah, uh, the, and. I was going to lead on to that because uh, Danny Mandrew, uh, if they did get hit himself, and if I was, you know, with Shamrock Rovers, I'd be looking to get right in. I mean, of course, you can look for someone outside of the league, but uh, he's already fitted in nicely with Bowes. Uh, and if they could get him, and there's that lure of Champions League football now, which is next year. So what do Shamrock Rovers need to do to to try and get into these group stages or again to try and get into the group stages of the Europa League like Dundalk have done again this year? I think it's obviously they can only, they can only do so much on the field like it's going to probably it's actually the Champions League and it's going to come across the top European competition but they need backing obviously from the guys off the field they need um, they just need financial backing they need to be smart on who they bring in because 
it's easy to look at Shamrock Rovers now and we cannot we like there's no denying that there's the depth in that squad is fantastic. But you know yourself too, you can't lessen your love. You can't look and you can't say, Well that'll that'll do us for next season, that's great. Because you're gonna expect teams of Bohemians and some dogs to, to build for next season and to improve the squad. So Shamrock Rovers gonna to have to do that too. And whether that great like like I I do think bring the striker in should be priority number one. But whether you bring in probably another right back team they may need. Um who knows what's going to happen with Jack Bourne? Would he go back across to England in January? I can't tell. Who knows? So if he does go, that'll be a massive loss. They're going to have to fill that gap. So for me, it will be. It's it's, it's a lot to do with the financial backing uh, behind the scenes and making the right decision um, on guys that they bring in because they seem to have a good group there at the moment. There's always been this thing about Shamrock Rovers that's been a bit of a madhouse and it's always been at times the inmates running the asylum. But that seems to be nullified a little bit here. You have some good, good uh, level-headed guys in there, and Stephen Bradley seems to have them all in order, and there seems to be a good harmony in that group. So you're going to want to keep that together. So are are they? Sorry, more. Nathan. Are they as are, are they as strong as the Dundalk team who first got into Europa League? Oh, that's a toughie, isn't it? Oh, I think it's too weird to say. I, I, I do. I think we could come back to that one uh, next season, and we can really give it an answer. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. Can they do Actually, what? Can, like, can they do what that team did? Oh yeah, I think they can do what that team did. Definitely, I think. In, I think in terms, we could be looking at a couple of years of Shamrock dominance the way we looked at Dundalk uh, dominance. Obviously, look, it could be recently biased on my part, but just looking at them this season, they're still unbeaten, and we just don't have to be able to skin and even games. I've seen them in one, not many. But seeing them in one or two games, again, look, being a Pats fan, it's going to come to mind. When they played St. Pats in Richmond Park, Pats held into a nil or a draw, and it was an absolute dire game to watch. But I've seen, I've seen Shamrock Rovers give a different side to that game this season where we used to see them dominating possession and dominating teams. Where in that game, they had to break down Pats in a way, and obviously didn't break them down in terms of scoring a goal. But they were just very organised and composed, and to see that. It doesn't all have to go on hollow in terms of scoring goals and possession, but you do have this level-headedness about them and you do have this composure about them and you can go into that style of play too, which will serve them well when they're coming up against uh, top talent, talent teams in, uh, in Europe. Yeah, this uh, this really wasn't just a one season situation where everything happened to work out for them and a bit of luck on their side or a whole heap of money that was spent on high wages bringing the best players in from around the league and then you know a year or two down the line they're going to wobble financially this season was planned it was given time and patience over the last four years and Stephen Bradley has to be given a lot of credit for building this team Yeah I, I 100% agree with that one I really do um, we all forget when, when Stephen Bradley Ford came in, there was whispers of, I probably did any step here, you know, and there was talk of me even at time being on the chopping block. So, and Shamrock Rovers in recent years have had a little bit of a reputation of having this somewhat of a revolving door system. So to see, just see them stand by but like, young manager like Bradley. And I think he knew, like, he, I even tell you, when you're looking at a young manager and you're losing games, it's annoying. But if you can see the progression and you can see the positive thing, you can see the plan, you can always make exceptions. And I think that's what went on at Shamrock Rovers for a couple of years. You could see what was going on in the background. You could see that he, he had an eye for recruitment, that he had an eye for bringing up some of these younger lads. And 
I think that's what really kept him around. That he wasn't just, I know he spent money, but he was bringing up some of these younger guys that are starting to come through. And even now with Shamrock Rovers too, there's some cracking young players down there that, that will be um, able to make the step up next season or the season after. So it really is. It's not just um, a shot of luck. And that's what I was talking about earlier, saying that to call it uh, half a title is ridiculous just because it's half a season. Like you said, if this has been going on, this has been in, in the works now for a couple of, a couple of years. And I just starting to see the fruits of that labour now. So you can you could see them go on now and possibly get not daily days to say, but they could be claimed a title next season, even this season. I wouldn't be surprised to go on to see them finish the season unbeaten and to go on and do the double. It's just been it's been a couple of a couple of years of hard work for them and as much as we all say, you know, the Shamrock Row was probably the biggest name team, not the biggest team, but the biggest name in Irish football. Like yeah, they haven't won a title in, in like, ten years now. So it hasn't been all silverware coming in, so it's it's been hard work by Stephen Bradley. So we don't have to get a lot of credit for the success. I know that they're gonna, they won't be lifting the title tomorrow, um, because that game's off. But and I'll give them credit because it's not a half season. It's it's it, well, it is a half season. But what I mean is that eighteen games is nothing to be snuffed. That it's a proper league season. Oh. Um, so. That's a hundred percent, but I don't know if I can give them to the invincible thing. I, it's, it's not, it's not going long enough now for the invincible thing. So, uh, but listen, all credit to them; they absolutely deserve it. And uh, like every other team that get into Europe for, for true League of Ireland, we really want to see them push on and 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 give us some good nights. So we're looking forward to that next year. Now Cork were relegated. When will we see this big club back in the top tier, Nathan? Uh, well, it won't be next season anyway. And in my uh, humble opinion, I don't think it will be next season. We've talked, we always talked about uh, the fourth division, and that, that's it's crowded this year. It's going to be crowded once again uh, next season. It's always the fourth division is always a tough league. And if I am looking at Cork City and the the, the way they find themselves now, I'd, I'd worry for them. I would worry for them. Um, they're. Obviously, look, Neil Fenn didn't walk out. The, um, the Daryl Connor left us talk about other players leaving. There's still rumour that there's five or six guys leaving. He had two two players on loan from England. They'll be gone for next season. Um, they're probably going to have to look at some some of the the, the, the youth youth teams. They've been up a younger team and probably really starting again, building building uh, foundations and, and and starting on that because. By the, by the looks of things, it's going to be a massive exodus uh, coming into the fourth division next season. So it's a shame to see it is like Cork are Cork are a club with a lot of history in the League of Ireland, and like you hate to see this the second biggest city in in Ireland uh, with our main team down in the fourth division. There's such a big catchment area, and on the day the Cork City fan base is absolutely fantastic. Like when when they were when they won the league back in 2017, which is crazy. Like champions not that long ago, and now they're relegated. The Torn of Cross was the place to be. Like week in, week out, it was a packed house. It was a, it was a very passionate house, and it's a loyal fan base. So it's it's for people like that. It's for the fans and for the people that really put everything into the club. You just you feel uh, really sorry for them. And also, it's a supporter-owned club as well, Nathan, isn't it? It is. Yeah, supporter-owned. So um, I know I, I, I personally I don't know about you, but I hate the term sugar daddy when they talk about. Uh, owner club owner but for lack of a better term yeah Cork don't have a sugar daddy that can come in and just pump the money back into them and 
set a rocket to them and hopefully they, they jump back in at the first attempt. As the way things stand now, I can't see them getting promoted next season. I really can't. I think they'll be, they'll be in the first division for, not for the long haul, but certainly I would not expect them to, uh, to come back up on the first attempt. But there is, there is interest in buying the club. There is interest. That's why I said, as the way things stand now, I didn't want to uh, dig too early. There's a big vote going on tomorrow. You have um, the supporters' trust must uh, vote whether to allow uh, Grovemore Limited to support the club for one euro. Obviously, this is the, uh, the press and North End owners. And you had the Forest Board of Management um, publicly backing the, the, the vote in favour. They just feel that it's going forward, it's the right financial decision. And I've even seen um, online some fans saying that obviously been absolutely just leaking money this season and without this investment coming in, there's a, there is some genuine fear that we won't have a Cork City uh, in the future. So it is a really, really big vote in, in terms of the history of Cork City. So we'll have to just wait with basic breath whether to see what the outcome of that vote is, which is going to go ahead tomorrow. But by all reports, um, the, the new potential owners have given details to Forest about possible structures and plans going forward. So there is this real talk, but I think it's confidential plans just trying to have a look and a lot of people just coming back saying it's confidential. But there is real there's real optimism in, in a certain section of fans that there is a good plan in place by the new owners to come in and to take on the um, take on the responsibility that needs to be taken on and to hopefully put some money into this club and to, to, to really get it back to where it needs to be. Listen, I don't. I think it's a no-brainer. They're struggling at the moment. They're going to have to just go for it and, and take yeah. the leap. And I mean, you don't want to be one of these clubs that are going up and down every other year. They want stability again the, that they've had over the last few years. And it's not that long ago that they were back down in that first division and, and struggling. So, yeah. yeah I, it's, 2011, it, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what way is it a case that it's all or nothing that this that they want to buy the club all out or could there be a 50-50 I don't think it's going to be a 50-50 uh, split between the two but I think that what that's what like I said a lot of the stuff seems to be confidential between the parties but there, there is hope that um, the Forest can have some sort of involvement because you'd like to see that too, you know, like it's a, it's a fan-owned club, so it'd be, it'd be great to see them keep that aspect of the club because a lot of a lot of fans hate pointing that, like, out here myself and Sligo, and I know that such a, it's a, it's a big um, piece of pride that the supporters uh, own the club and like nobody can ever take that away from them. So you can understand Cork City fans wanting to keep that aspect of the club, but they're just hemorrhaging money at the moment and for the long-term financial future, this, from what I've been reading anyway and what I've looked into it, in my own opinion, I just think it's, it's, it's the best uh, way to go forward at the moment because it's such a big city, it's such a big club, you'd hate to see Cork City just down in the fourth division for a long time because for the League of Ireland itself, the, the league needs teams like Cork City to, to be doing well. Absolutely. Uh, this week, Dundalk continue on their Europa League matches with their second match against Arsenal away at the Emirates. What chance have they got, Nathan? Um, just, yeah, say, I, just, I, just I say it. Just that. say it. <laughs> I can't say the winner this one, to be honest. And I was fucking probably ground, not groundbreaking statement. That no, I can't. Um, look, when we've seen the draw 
I was happy when I seen it got Arsenal because that's look, this is all this is is going to be an experience for the players. Like some of these players probably grew up supporting Arsenal a lot, even respecting Arsenal, enjoying watching Arsenal play. Like, like I'm not an Arsenal fan, but I always like watching Arsenal play football. I like what they do. So, look, these guys get a chance to play in the end of the stadium. I'm not expecting to see a Bamiham play or any of the, the top players, probably. You might see um, Mikhail Arteta put out with a bit of a cup side. But it's a great experience for them, Doc. If somebody can go and snatch a goal, brilliant. It'll, it'll, it'll put them in a, a cold hero of status uh, at Dundalk like I still know Shamrock Rovers fans will talk with Stephen Rice because he scored against uh, Tottenham and put them one up against Tottenham for a short time in White Hart Lane so if you can see it Dundalk uh, go out and, and grab a goal for themselves and they make a good account of themselves hopefully it doesn't turn into a bit of a cricket score line I think look, that, that's probably the best you can hope for really isn't it yeah, I think they're too strong. I think they're far too strong, and and, and they're stronger than Molde and, and Vienna, obviously, because they beat them two yeah. one in the game uh, last week. It's just it's going to be very hard to see if Dundalk go out and try to shut up shop. I I don't think they're I don't think they're good enough to do that. They showed that last week. I think they have to go out and play a bit, I suppose. Get on the ball, be positive and uh, just give it a go. I don't think there's anything wrong with giving it a go. You don't have to be gung-ho. You don't have to, like, you know, put every player barrier two centre-halves bombing on forward. But, you know, give it a go because uh, you yeah. don't get these chances often, do you? No, try to be competitive. Make a good account of yourself. You never know. He's looking. You have, you have some good young players at some dark, some good, just good players in general. You never know. He'll be looking at the game and he'll, you might catch somebody's eye with a good performance. You'd like to see them, yeah, go out and just make a good account of themselves and try to say a nice, a good bit of football and not just be relying on, on just sitting back and playing long balls. Because as we talked about against uh, Mulder, that's he just he struggled doing that. Like, they didn't look good on the break. They didn't look good on the counter-attack. They didn't have much speed going forward. And he looked a bit looked a bit shaky at the back. So if you're going to do that against a side like Arsenal, who, as you said, has much more quality in the, in the ranks um, compared to the other two teams in the group, the fear is that it could get nasty. And it just, it just won't be a good look for them, Doc. You'd rather see them go out and just, just try to play a bit of football and just make themselves proud. That's all they can do. If you were manager of Dundalk, and you looked at the team. What we were just after talking about there, there's n- there's not a lot of pace in the side for the counter attack sort of situations. They always seem to be never never seem to get away. They never seem to break away. It's always sort of they get to halfway up the pitch, and and then you know the the opposition have gotten back. So of the league, who could because the dark have a, still have a few quid coming in. Obviously now again, who could they sort of Nick from the league that would give them that? I'd be gushing over them, but I think again, uh, for me, right at the start of the page, you looking at. I think, anyway, he's, he's one of them. He's, he's one that, that did come to mind. Would you get rid of Hilden? Uh, I think it'd be risky to get rid of Hilden, wouldn't it? I don't think it'd go down too well. But he's been there a while now. The time to move him on a little bit. Where would Hilden go? Would Hilden go to Shamrock Rovers? Could he be the man we could be looking at Shamrock Rovers to? Provide the goals on a bit more of a regular basis. I'm not sure. He just seems he seems like a sort of person that's very settled at the dock, doesn't he? Does uh, and it doesn't it doesn't seem to be athletic enough for what you think. No. I mean, Rovers Rovers have those type of players. I know Hooven's a good goal scorer. That's 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 a hundred percent. You know that already. 
And yeah, I suppose yeah. Rovers do. But when you're playing against teams in Europe, you do need someone who can stretch, you know, can sort of, you know, get in behind. I mean, if you look at over in England, centre forwards, you don't have too many of them. Most of them are, are linking up Firmino's and Canes and stuff like that. There's probably only Jamie Vardy. And that's the type of player that they probably need. That's the kind of weapon that these teams need when, when they're going away. They need to have a bit of pace in their side so that when teams are putting pressure on them, that they can counter and they can cause them problems and just make the opposition a little bit wary. You know, the likes of Arsenal and, and Molde, especially Molde, you know, maybe then that they... they you know, in the game last week, they could have broken a couple of times and actually punished them. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, uh, Hogan's finishing ability isn't in question. But a lot of these goals have become like penalties or they're inside the box. They're just good finishes. But the pace just isn't there, really. Would well, it probably be a little bit of an outside show, but how, what would you think about Junior at Sligo? Because the, the, the word is that he's not really willing to stay at Sligo. Coming into next season, could he be somebody? Yeah, he popped into he popped into my head. Now I have to say, when I when I when I asked a question about Sean McRow or about Dundalk, they're they're the kind of players that you're you're kind of thinking of, aren't they? Yeah, because look, at, like it hasn't really worked out from that much in Sligo. He's looked good at Park, but he, for me, he's been played out of position here in Sligo. You have met on the right hand side as a central striker, which probably doesn't really suit him in a way. So that's why I think he's to. Dundalk more than Shamrock Rovers with Shamrock Rovers more so need a central striker with Dundalk just sort of need just general pace up there and we see it like he's the top goal scorer last season at Derry City so he does have a, a proven pedigree in the league and he's blistering pace so for me Royla hasn't really worked out from a Sligo uh, the word is that he's not really willing to stick around at Sligo for the long term this is just a short term to getting back to playing, the football, playing football it could be a guy that Dundalk could look at uh, it seems we already started to dismantle the Bowes side. Is there anyone else in that? Because that Bowes side is a good side, and you know the, the Lord of yeah. this is why you have to look at it if you're if you're a team who are yeah. fully professional, Shamrock Rovers and Dundalk. Is when you see the semi-professional sides, you know who can you take from these teams to to make yourself stronger? That's the that's the way the football world works. So if you're looking at that Bowes team, who uh, Keith Long has done an unbelievable job. First of all, do you look at the manager? Do you look at Keith Long and say, geez, maybe we'll have a bit of that? And second of all, is there anyone else in that in that team that w- could follow him? Um, in terms of Keith Long, I think Keith Long's an absolutely fantastic manager. I know when Liam Buckley left Patch, there was talk that Long was looking at the job, whether that's true or not. Not 100%. But if that's the case and Patch didn't take him on, there's someone seriously needs to get sacked for that decision. So I think Keith Long's an absolutely brilliant manager. And look, he has both doing great stuff this season. With European football next year, uh, secured in the bag, second place at the moment. Well, he's in the second place, probably. He looks, he looks pretty comfortable to finish second. So I think for next season, Keith Long will be comfortable enough staying where he is. But I wouldn't be surprised to see him make a step up in in, in, uh, in standards, whether that be uh, like Shamrock Rovers hadn't gone to get rid of that manager. And in fairness to, to Dundalk, we've all made a bit of a giggle when uh, the regime went in there. But it's worked out well, but I could definitely see Keith Law make a step up, even if that's Scotland or England or wherever, because he's a brilliant manager. And the other players, um, again, just the one that came into my head is Danny Grant. I think Grant's an, an absolute, another player that's had an absolute great season that really came into his own. And he's another one that I, I could definitely see move on into uh, to the, the full-time football. 
Uh, would you, you're the, you're the chairman of, or the owner of Dundalk. You have a choice between Long and Giovannoli. Who would you pick? Um, first of all, I feel bad from Dundalk. They're around and it was bad. You certainly won't be investing in here. No, no, I'm in a horribly tight Basically, what I'm saying is if Long, if you thought that Long would take the job, would you take him? I think I would, yeah. I think I, I, I would look at Long because. As good as the, as the guys have done now in, in Dundalk, there's, there's always, again, we're not going to know, but there's always the fear that it's a short-term thing. Are they going to come into a full season next year? How's that going to work out? There's still going to be questions around Dundalk next season. There's still going to be there's, there's a little bit of that. This season, the start of the season, got so poor in the Vinnie period. There was a lot of problems. The, the, the guys, just the players just looked like they weren't that interested. And they just got a shot in the arm with a new manager coming in. And they got to the Europa League group stages and nobody can take that away from the manager. He's done a brilliant job in the short term. But Keith Lawn does have, does have experience at the league, in the League of Ireland and at this level. And to see the job that he's done at Bohemians, I think it'd be hard. If, if, if Keith Lawn walked up to Oriel Park, knocked on the door and said, I'd like the job here. I think it'd be hard to turn, turn away, just especially going off what he's done at Bohemians. Okay. Well, that's that started. Bohemians will be no more next year if we had our way. No. <laughs> uh, and uh, no, he's done a fantastic job there. And Bows have been uh, really good to watch. And in all fairness, over the last few years, so it's it's all credit uh, to him and the staff there because Bows they're they're a really good club and they've a lot going for them behind the scenes as well as we said about their social media wizardry. Okay, uh, Ollie Horgan said is 200 game in charge of Harps uh, in the last game and Harps are playing Pats isn't it this week yeah I mean it was a, a great win against Bowes could they scrape out of they scraped out of not going down with Cork going down automatically could they scrape out of the playoff places too yeah it looked like it was going to happen for a while but I have to say they have me nervous as the same Pats fan he really do. First of all, congratulations to Ollie Horgan for, for reaching that milestone. He's done brilliant stuff at St. Harps, hasn't he? Considering what he has to work with, like he's an absolute credit. And he's the sort of person that you just love to see in the league of Ireland. Like, he just loves being at St. Harps. He he's, he's walking up there, he's living up there. He just loves being at that club. And there's always, we've talked about it before. God, what would Ollie Horgan do if he went to another, if he went up to a bigger club with a budget? Like, would he just go mad or what would happen? So he just he's not kind of someone that you just you could never really see him leaving if in half at this stage. Like it's just they just seem to come hand in hand together and they seem to complement each other in, in a way. Like he's gonna go into that Finn Harp's dressing room and tell them, you know, like you are the underdog and look what they're saying about you, they're not giving you any hope in hell. And it just seems to work. And I think that's gonna really play into the favour coming into um, to the last couple of games. Like the last three games are all are all at home. They're all up in Bally Buffet. So that's a real good advantage for them coming into the last three games. Because anything can happen up in Bally Buffet. Like it's such just... The home record is, is always, been, always been good. It's always a tough place to go. And visiting teams always find the heart. So the fact that their last three games are up there, it's, it's a real advantage for them. And you never know. They could find themselves out of that playoff position. Because... 
Shelbourne, especially last week, they looked really poor and St. Pat's have a good few games in hand. That can go either way. St. Pat's have a tough running. Jeffrey Hart's away, Dundalk at home, Sean McRover's away and Bohemians at home. So as a St. Pat's fan, I'm not that optimistic looking at them. I'm hearing St. Pat's fans saying, oh, you never know, we can make a quick break, last minute break for Europe. I'd still bite your hand off just to stay in the league this season, just, just to stay ahead of the water. Yeah, and then saying that if Pats win, it's more or less all over then anyhow for, for them. So it's a huge, huge game. Okay, mm. listen, Nathan, thanks very much. We're going to leave that there. Uh, some exciting football still to be played and uh, watch LOI. They really, really, really have to get these first division games on because tonight proved uh, what a great style of football that's been played in the first division and you're just not getting to see it and I'm not going to be running down to Galway to watch games every other week and it'd be nice to be able to to watch a few games wouldn't it and and something now they need to look at for next year yeah of course yeah because um, it's a great service to have but there's, there's, there's always teams you can improve on there's always teams you can change but yeah that's a big one like even like I know tonight was always something brilliant with such an exciting run and we had it before but in the past, just the whole season, there's been great games to watch, and there's a lot of good talent down there. Whether that be young guys or experienced lads still playing the league for it, the fourth division has a lot going for it in terms of obviously election. So to see that get to, a, to reach a bigger audience and to reach more audience would just be brilliant to see. Yeah. Okay, Nathan, we're going to leave it there, and we'll talk to you next week.